0: cold open a comfortable place on the couch tonight robin and i just want to acknowledge what's going on in the world today and we hope you're doing well and staying safe Uh, we don't want to dwell on the situation we just want to provide some entertainment and distraction but uh, yeah we wish everyone health and safety Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch Series 2, a regularly scheduled podcast where two Canadians talk about a band full of Australians and a New Zealander bassist to Midnight Oil fans all around this virus infected world. <laughs> no? Sure. Maybe not? My name is Darren Folds, and in the coming months, I'll be listening to all those Midnight Oil songs that didn't make it onto their studio albums. We're talking about B-sides, covers, demos, and maybe a few other tracks, if the fancy strikes me. Joining me each episode is my best friend and fellow Midnight Oil enthusiast, Robin Harbrin. Welcome to the couch, Mr. Harburn. We can't say that. We're social distancing tonight.
1: Yes, or at
0: least physical distancing. Yes, we're doing both. Yeah. <laughs> we're distancing tonight.
1: <laughs> For the first time ever.
0: You are not on my couch.
1: Yeah, we're not Sharon Darren's couch. We're about 10 kilometers apart, locked in our own basements. Are you locked in the
0: basement? I'm sorry. Do you want me to send someone to let you out? Lo- locked in our rooms. <laughs> I just want to scream. Yep. You know what I mean. I do. Yeah. So we're doing this the remote way tonight. We've got three songs that we're going to tackle this evening from the Breathe era. We're continuing along. This is like the third month in a row that we've podcasted in 2020.
1: Yeah, I, I believe we can do this.
0: Robin, I think that you've got some business arising to take us through.
1: Oh, yeah, I do. So our friend Jake McKinley wrote...
0: Who we stood in line with yeah. in Minneapolis. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so Jake says, you mentioned Martha and the muffins in the great mm-hmm. power outage episode.
0: What is the great power outage episode?
1: Do you that? That's when we had, we've
0: been through all oh, kinds yeah, of natural right. disasters. Yeah. yeah. The power kept on going out.
1: <laughs> yeah. We, we recorded an episode with the power out right. in your back porch. Yeah. And you talk about, you're mentioning Martha and the Muffins. Okay. And did we know that the oils covered Echo Beach? Hmm. And uh, Jake Jake sent a link to it. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to play just a snippet of that for you now. I don't want to buy this one I want to buy something else I don't like surf music anymore. Eh? But I don't like surf music when people who got dyed black hair come down and sit out the back on their new wave surfboards. That's wrong. So, I don't like surf music when what? People with dyed black hair? Yeah,
0: something like that. <laughs> yeah, I remember this.
1: You do. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I guess we're we're curious if anybody knows the story. Does that mean he doesn't like the muffins themselves? Did the muffins offend Pete? I don't know. But they covered Echo Beach? Yeah.
0: Well, you know, it's almost like Jake is looking into the future, at least as far as comfortable place on the couch goes. Oh, but let's not give away anything.
1: We won't give that away. No, because I I don't even know what you're talking about.
0: Uh, Well, you know how we talk in the intro about the B-sides and demos and covers? Yeah. Well, we've done a few covers already that have been part of, you know, like that have been on on B-sides or other kind of, I don't want to say official releases, but there's other covers that weren't as widespread like this one. Yeah. Like
1: this one. Okay. Yeah. You
0: know, maybe the fancy will strike.
1: Well, okay. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. So, (laughs) so if anybody does know the story about Pete's rant at the beginning Mm -hmm. of, of Echo Beach, we'd like to hear it.
0: Yes, we would.
1: And we will share it with everybody in a future episode. Jake was also wondering, we were talking about I See You last month. Yes. And we were talking about that drumming. Yeah. Now, Jake was wondering about that as well, but Bajor and Bloomquist. Oh, yeah. Says that Malcolm is the drummer on ICU. He is, eh? Yeah, that's right uh-huh. in. Apparently on, on Discogs, he has the credit.
0: Well, there so, you go. Oh, I, I, do you remember what I said about the drumming last month?
1: Yeah, he said something like, well, he said he was, it certainly is. In the pocket or something yeah. like that. I don't remember exactly what you said, but yeah. like it was, it was just this kind of simple, well, not super simple, but this steady drum loop almost it felt mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And it didn't seem, that's what, and we were kind of talking, I wonder if that really is Rob and yeah. we were kind of joking about it. Yeah. But yeah, apparently it is Malcolm on the drums for that song. Wow,
0: there. You, I hope that wasn't the song that I really liked. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, I think it was. Oh dear. <laughs> yeah. okay so that is the business arising that I can remember I did a couple little oils projects this month Hmm. video related so just in case I post them on Facebook and the people uh in the powder works they got like 50 likes and stuff uh so one is I was going through old I was cleaning up old video on my phone and in 2017 when we went to the oils concerts, mm-hmm. I made some clips, right. And we, I put some of those up on YouTube, but I found a close up of bones playing beds are burning.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: so I kind of cleaned that up and upload that to my channel. And
0: bones was just hitting all of the eighth notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like those eighth notes as you know. Yeah. And that
1: line has some interesting chromaticism to it. Like mm-hmm. th- the line's related to, uh, like Peter Gunn yeah. and stuff, right? Yep. Uh, For beds are burning. And it's just neat to see him very up close actually playing it. And somebody could figure out exactly what he's playing. Like to me, it's not entirely obvious what some of those passing notes are mm-hmm. because they're between, you know, they're not on the scale. They're, they're not diatonic notes, Darren. What? Right. Sure. Yeah.
0: Maybe they're it's Dorian. The song's in E. Yeah.
1: Anyway, okay. We don't have to get too into that. Cool. And. Yeah. What
0: was the other one? I don't recall off the top of my head.
1: The video for land. Oh yeah. That was fantastic. Yeah. So did we know that existed? I don't think we talked about it ever before. We didn't
0: know. I don't think so. Yeah.
1: So there's this really cool video for, there's the oil song that was Red Indian. And then in '93, they were here in Canada, and they teamed up with
0: Daniel Lenoir tragically hip, "Hothouse Flowers." Yep. So we've talked about the song
1: before, but they went to the studio in Calgary apparently mm-hmm. in '93 to record the, a new version of "Land." And did we mention that the credits for that, written by Magini, Hurst, Garrett slash. Gore Downey, Mm. slash Daniel Lanois, Mm -hmm. slash the tragically hip recorded and mixed in Calgary in 1993. Oh, anyway, this video has a whole bunch of footage from them, both in the studio and a live performance of land where everybody's on stage. So it's awesome, except the video that was on YouTube had some pretty glitchy sound. There were a number of times where the sound dropped out and a really big pop, and it was really annoying. I was like, I can fix this. So I ripped the video from YouTube and I added the official, like a clean recording of the sound and uploaded it again. Anyway, both of those, if you grab YouTube and search for... Macbeth, P-S-W, that's M-A-C-B-T-H-P-S-W, and that's my, one of my channels where I dump dump music stuff on there, and those are the last two videos on there.
0: And yeah, like, I don't want to get like all goo-goo about it, but it was almost magical just seeing Gord and Pete doing their thing together, like it was, it was a really cool thing to see. Yeah, it's so cool to see them on stage together. And there's a
1: very brief clip at the beginning of Pete and Gord sitting down on the floor together, Mm -hmm. almost certainly writing the lyrics for this, like the tweaks that they made to the lyrics. Uh, So it's just neat to see the two of them collaborating like that. Yeah. Really cool.
0: Probably of particular interest to Canadian oils fans, but yeah, everyone should, should take a look at it.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'm really done now. All
0: right. So, today we are going to be listening to Smash the Wobbleboard, Kingdom of Flunt," and the band played Waltzing Matilda. Or should I say, and... and the band played Waltzing Matilda. That's right. So, uh, I propose, because interesting collection of tunes for tonight we've got an instrumental we've got a cover and we've got an original b-side and so i suggest we start with and the band played waltzing matilda then do kingdom of flaunt and then hit smash the ball bo- the bobble board smash the wobble board last yeah that sounds good to me they give me a tin hat and they gave me a gun and they sent me away to the and the band played "Waltzing Matilda" as the ship pulled away from the quay. Above all the fears, flag waving and tears, we sailed off to believe And the band played "Waltzing Matilda." This is a cover of an Eric Boggle? Bogle. Bogle song? Yes. You know how to pronounce his last name? Uh no. from 1996 and it was on uh the backside of uh Surfs Up Tonight single, the a European version. So, I think it yeah. is a rare or rare version. Um not included on Chico or on lassiter's Gold.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I was surprised it
0: wasn't in the tank there. Yeah, not on the tank. Um so the main question that I think that we should discuss on this one is why do you figure the oils chose to cover this particular song? Cause we don't need to get in. We don't need to dive deep into the lyrics cause they're not their lyrics. Um, we might want to talk a little bit about their, the recording of the song that they have, but it's, a, it's a live recording. So there's not much to it in, in that respect, but yeah. maybe we can talk about why, why they were, why they decided to cover this.
1: Well, yeah. So let's talk about the song a little bit more like the original. Mm -hmm. So as you said, Eric Boggle wrote this in 1971 and he's Scottish born, but immigrated to Australia. Mm -hmm. Okay. If I can just read Wikipedia's intro on it. Yeah. The song describes war as futile and gruesome while criticizing those who seek to glorify it. This is exemplified in the psalm by the account of a young Australian serviceman who is maimed during the G- Gallipoli. Mm-hmm. Is that how? Yeah. yeah, Gallipoli campaign of the First World War. As the years pass, he notes the death of other veterans, while the younger generation becomes apathetic to the veterans and their cause. Mm-hmm. At its conclusion, the psalm incorporates the melody in a few lines of lyrics from the 1895 song "Waltzing Matilda." by Australian poet, Banjo Patterson. Mm -hmm. As for why they would choose this. Well, this seems to be an absolute classic of Australian, uh, of Australian music. Apparently the APRA voted this as one of the top 30
0: Australian songs of all time. So culturally significant yes, and topically relevant for a band such as The Oils.
1: Yeah. The oils have certainly touched on, well, this, this is made for the oils really, isn't it? Between all the, all the subject matter. And I didn't realize how this song is covered by so many bands. Oh yeah, for
0: sure. Like the Pogues is is the one that I always think of when I think of this song. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Did you know that the Pogues version of it Mm -hmm. is the end credit song in Battlefield 1, like the video game from 2016. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you, boy, you haven't really been keeping up with the modern (laughs) games, have you? I haven't,
0: no. (laughs) Apparently, Eric Bogle wrote this song at least partially as a response to um, what was going on in Vietnam at the time in the early 70s, right? Um, So a criticism of the Vietnam War by way of looking at this vet from the first world war. I wonder if there was something going on, um, in 96. No, I guess it wouldn't have been 96. Cause this wasn't recorded in 96.
1: Yeah. It was probably recorded earlier.
0: Yeah. I wonder if this was recorded like in the early nineties, like around the, the time that the Americans were invading Iraq or something like that. I wonder if it was in response to something like that, that they decided to make, this recording.
1: Hmm. That, that is possible. That
0: is possible. If only we knew the date that the song was recorded. Well, not for lack of trying to find out a date that this song was recorded. We don't have a date for it right now. So anything would be speculation as to what m- they might be trying to address with this particular cover at this particular time.
1: Yeah, it's it's notable that this cover seems like a condensed version of the song.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: that yeah that the other versions of it have extra verses that I don't know if they got cut because of time or just mm-hmm. or if there was another reason. And also, they cut out that Walt C. Matilda quotation
0: at the end. Yeah.
1: At the end, they don't do that either. So this is like an edited version that. The
0: expigated version.
1: Yeah. I mean, I hate to say it, but could they have cut some of it out just so that all the royalties, like a song that has a quotation from another song like this, you know, that could be.
0: Yeah. It sounds like it's like um, uh, a recording off, uh, off a desk from a concert or something though, way. Eh? They, oh, yeah, like it's not something they went into the studio to record and release yeah
1: yeah def- definitely a live yeah a live recording
0: of it just one thing that I was thinking about though today as as I was just reading up a little bit about the song itself and then the Gallipoli campaign um I knew a little bit about it from the past um because of this song and the oils connection with it and also because I spent like just a little bit of time in Turkey when um, I was going to school in 97, just like a month. And so I liked Turkey. Turkey was a wonderful place to be. And I I enjoyed it when I was there in the late nineties, but um, just the connection with Anzac day, of course, Mm. um, this is kind of where uh, the Australians and the New Zealanders, uh, the two countries kind of, there was this, this coalescing of a national identity that kind of happened, um, through this campaign, you know, no longer are we just, um, or we called colonies of the crown, mm. right? Yeah. But we're, we're kind of earning our own at this point. Um, yeah, and we're, of course we're, they're
1: doing, they're doing their own thing here. It's yeah, not, that's right. not just under, under orders
0: from yeah.
1: the UK. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, just kind of proving themselves as nations, even though they kind of were doing things under the orders of the UK, but proving themselves as nations for sure. And mm-hmm. so we get Anzac day out of this. And as we're recording in early April of 2020, Anzac day is coming up towards the end of the month in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, just something I, I noticed. I, I never know exactly when Anzac day falls on the calendar, although I, every once in a while. Oh yeah, it was Anzac Day last week or something like that. Or that one bakery in our town that makes the Anzac cookies. It's like, oh, must be near Anzac Day.
1: Yeah, it's uh April 25 this year. Yeah. Or every I guess every year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it probably doesn't follow
0: the moon <laughs> pattern right. or
1: or whatever of
0: 12 days after the last full moon in March. Yeah. Yeah, whatever.
1: Yeah, no, yes, it's always April 25.
0: Yeah. So, and the band played Waltzing Matilda. Any thoughts on uh the actual recording of it?
1: Yeah, it, it's just a simple acoustic guitar, so we could guess that's yeah. you know, Martin uh yeah. or Jim. Um it's hard to tell if there is bass at all in the recording. Mm-hmm. It might just be the bottom end of the guitar of yeah. the acoustic guitar. Uh but yeah, it's Pete singing, uh, Rob joins in, yep. uh, on harmonies.
0: Yep. Some nice harmonies.
1: Yeah. And a little bit of percussion there.
0: Yeah. Nothing too much of note, eh? Yeah. yeah. No,
1: no beat. Just, uh, yeah. yeah. And that's it. And it's just, yeah, some nice harmonies and, uh, it's well done. Yeah. As a little, um, yeah, you gotta wonder if that was a closer or just a little break mid set. Yeah. Or was or it even what?
0: possible that maybe they were playing on Anzac Day one year and they decided, hey, yeah, this is an appropriate song to play. That
1: sounds very likely.
0: And so there we have it, yeah. And the band played Waltzing Matilda. Up next, Jim going crazy with guitar pedals. <laughs> kingdom of flaunt without credit but almost certainly this is jim sitting in the studio or sitting in his basement having some fun maybe by himself maybe maybe he's got martin along for the ride but i can just picture jim just having fun twisting knobs and
1: yeah so rather bizarrely this is in this is par chico locallo and now yeah. that i have now that i have the tank is written by Mogini, yeah, and Garrett. Really? That's what it
0: says. How bizarre. I wonder what Pete was doing. Yeah. Like, so
1: (laughs) like, I don't really understand why Pete got a credit. Like there's no lyrics and there's no harmonica and there's no vocal. So what could he possibly have done?
0: He is turning the knobs and the expression yeah. pedals on. Yeah, that's what he's yeah. doing.
1: He he did something. We don't know what.
0: So this oddity uh, was included on as a B-side uh, for the underwater single that uh, was coming out in 1996. Mm-hmm. I've had this on the list of songs that we were going to cover since I started putting together this list of songs that we were going to cover as part of the second series of Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast. But <laughs> today I was thinking, how are we going to, what, what are we, this is just so weird. This is just like yes. this art piece. What are we going to do? So this is yeah. what I proposed to you. Yeah. We'll take it like, what do you figure? 20 seconds at a time and just try to think, what are Jim Martin and Pete doing with these guitar pedals? What pedals do you think he's using as we go along? Yeah, sure. We'll, we'll give this a try. Okay. So friends, pull us your copy of kingdom of flaunt and listen to the first 20 seconds. And then uh, this is our thoughts on it. okay there's there's a couple guitars happening there i was thinking okay maybe jim's layering things but okay martin's in the room with them
1: yeah it could be the two of them and it's this is like a drone song mm-hmm. and appropriately yep. this is in b those notes are b and like all of breathe oh wait yeah. did, did we say that these are more breathe era b sides yes. did we say that today? I think we did but we okay. should Let's say it again. These are some breathe era B sides and like so much a breathe and even last episode, we brought up the key of B Mm -hmm. being super important to breathe. Yes. This is in B again. So. Droning away. Droning away. So yeah, there's there's that one loop that just keeps going Mm -hmm. on and on and it could be like a feedback
0: loop. Yeah, that's right.
1: And then the other one, there's somebody droning away, I guess, on the low string of a guitar.
0: Yeah. Just, it seems like kind of rises and falls a little bit as we're going along. Yeah. So actually I thought it was interesting that you said, yeah, this is in B. Is it really? I have, yeah. okay, I guess, I guess you're playing some note, but to me, it sounds like it's just kind of wavering up and down and slowly climbing and slowly dropping.
1: Well, yeah, it's those two notes that, I mean, it's just a drone, so it doesn't really give enough context to know for sure what key, but those that, that yep. two notes that keep pulsing, those are B.
0: Let's finish off the first minute. Okay,
1: now huh. we got another another level of feedback coming in. Yeah, but it's—is it super familiar to you? Have you heard that feedback? Yes.
0: As soon as as I listened to it on my phone, it's like yes, I remember walking earlier this weekend and, and hitting that, and that is straight off of breathe. Um, yes. <laughs> you know what i'm saying because you know the song so you know what i'm trying to get to (laughs) oh without going to the album which is right over here oh because breathe is like the one album i don't actually have on vinyl within reach well it's it's sins of omission of course it's sins of omission
1: yeah and let let Let's play the intro to Sins of Omission. Okay. It's moody.
0: I'm just listening.
1: So for that moment, Mm -hmm. it probably, Jim recorded flaunt and then lifted... A piece out of it. Yeah. That got put into Sins of Omission. But I'm not certain of that. To me, there it's like that part is identical. But according to the credits for Kingdom of Flaunt, Jim was the engineer on Kingdom of Flaunt in '97 at Darling Harbor Studios. Okay. And Sins of Omission was recorded there in 96.
0: Wait a second. You can't say that Kingdom of Flaunt was. Kingdom of Flaunt, according
1: to the liner notes from the tank.
0: Which we've already established are full of mistakes.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But apparently it was recorded by Jim. Yep. So it was probably after the breathe sessions.
0: Possibly. Sure.
1: So that that just makes me not certain that Kingdom of Flaunt, I, I kind of think Kingdom of Flaunt got sampled or edited and put into Sins of Omission, but the flaw in that theory is that the dates are in the wrong order. <laughs> yeah. Possibly Jim stole bits of Sins of Omission. Okay, while they were recording Sins of Omission... Maybe he recorded all that guitar feedback. Some of it got used in Sins of Omission. And then that whole thing we hear in Kingdom of Flaunt.
0: Perhaps. Anyway. In Europe, released in 1996, Midnight Oil Underwater CD Maxi single includes Kingdom of Flaunt.
1: Oh, well, there you go. So, So once again, the tank is wrong.
0: I think so. Yeah. I think so.
1: Well, okay. That's, that's fine. So basically I am certain that kingdom of flaunt and sins of omission are sharing some audio here. Yeah. And so that's kind of neat that we're hearing. Oh yeah, for sure. A little bit of the same song overlapping.
0: Yeah. Because it's, it's so difficult when you're creating feedback in this in this way to recreate that feedback identically. So like when I listened to kingdom of flaunt, even though I didn't pinpoint it to sins of omission, it's like, yeah, yeah. I recognize this from the intro to one of the songs on breathe. And, you know, I'm, I'm singing it in my head as I'm listening to flaunt and and I never get to, yes, this is sins of omission until you point it out to me. Um, Even if, Jim had recorded this prior to Sins of Omission or or recorded Sins of Omission prior to this and then tried to recreate it. Like he was, this was like some experimental bed that led to that intro to the other song, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be so difficult to actually recreate that. Yeah, It makes more sense that he lifts it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And really it might've been that he wasn't even trying to make music originally. He was just trying to get that distorted feedbacking loop yeah. sounding, and that could have taken minutes of experimentation, like Pete, as you said, Pete on the dials That's there right. and stuff, and, yeah. and Jim Jim, doing what he can with the guitar and the amp and so on. Um, when he finally hit it, then they, that was the piece they needed for yeah. the intro to the song. But then he went and thought, ah, let's put all this together in a, a super cut. All right, that low voice is in there again, sliding yeah, around. It's, it's still going around and it's it's slowly
0: building and slowly building. and And because I know the song well enough, I'm just waiting for the drums to drop on it but it's just (laughs) extending the tension as I'm waiting.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like the sins of omission intro is I think around 30 seconds or something. And this is like a two minute version of it. Yeah. Just waiting for something to happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. We're up to two minutes now. And a few different things happening on this one. A few new additions. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Well, we've got this little warbly sound that starts and it reminds me of like a fifties or sixties sci-fi movie or something like that, that it almost sounds like radio feedback or some sort of not skip atmospheric skip, but something strange from a sci-fi film.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And probably everybody realizes, but the, the term feedback. Yeah, is that the sound, whatever you have at the source of a sound, and then it's amplified. Mm -hmm. And then that amplification goes back into the source and then affects the source and goes back out again. And it becomes like a loop Mm -hmm. where like on, it happens on, on microphones when it happens, it's very unpleasant. It immediate it, it's this very high pitched screechy sound and
0: some people might think that kingdom of flunt is <laughs> unpleasant
1: yeah but if if it's a purely vo- like a microphone out to a sound sp- like big speakers and it comes back in again that's completely unpleasant it's mm-hmm. just a, like does anybody like that i don't know but guitar feedback is more complicated than that because It's not just into a microphone. Instead, the sound is coming back and affecting how the strings vibrate. Mm -hmm. And that, that dampens the effect and makes it more interesting, more potentially more nuanced. It's Mm -hmm. not just this horrible screechy sound. It can be, but it can also be more interesting And, and the guitarist has control over it by aiming the guitar at different angles, um, allowing more or less of the sound, perhaps trying to mute the strings a little, Mm -hmm. uh, playing with the volume and so on. And you might see at the end of a concert, the guitarists deliberately facing their guitar amps so that the sound from the amp is fully affecting the guitar Mm -hmm. and you get a sustain in this way as well that the the sound the chords keep ringing on in this case
0: there's there's almost certainly that is happening but jim also probably and and martin probably have some effects pedals in the loop as well right so does it sound to you like they've got a delay and then they're they're just making some adjustments on the delay time that are kind of making those warbly sounds happen
1: yeah it to me it does sound like delay and yes when you change the length of the delay it can do its own different kind of feedback Mm -hmm. so we might be having multiple kinds of feedback happening here where the delay pedal is feeding back into itself yeah but also the amp and whatever kind of distortion there he's got on here there's all kinds of yeah
0: and if there's there's all kinds of stuff multiple guitars happening at the same time you know Martin's guitar can be feeding back to affect Jim's guitar, which could be feeding back to affect Martin's guitar. You could, you could be cross affecting each other and stuff too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. If they're playing, if they are doing both live at Mm. the same time, uh, that's right. Yep. We don't know that, but it could be,
0: could be, let's listen to 20 more seconds.
1: Yes. Actually, you know what? Uh, I did about 30 seconds. Those last, Okay. Two times. Is that okay? Okay. Now we're starting at, starting at two now.
0: Let's do two to two thirty.
1: That was mostly a more noisy kind of segment. Mm-hmm. That might have been uh, the guitar getting turned on or off, like with a switch, oh, yeah. or or something. There was this this sharp periodically throughout that
0: part. Mm-hmm maybe like just a a hit to the actual body of of the guitar to kind of jolt the strings into some sort of. That's that's true. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's reminding me though of sci-fi stuff. It's like, Oh, we're trying to tune in the guy's signal. We're losing him. We're trying to, you know, that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. It's all spacey to me.
1: And then just before the end, we heard a real, a relatively clean guitar chord, Mm -hmm. uh, or at least relatively defined, not clean, right there's a lot of distortion on it but but it was defined instead of being so spacey
0: now that's that's interesting we're actually it's almost like we're getting some melody or something and at this point now do you suspect that whoever's achieving that sound, that melodic up and down kind of thing. Do you suspect that they're not actually picking the strings, but maybe they're just changing their fretting as, as the feedback is happening?
1: Well, the, the notes are fairly well-defined. They don't sound like they're sliding so much to me. Mm. Um, although it is a fretted instrument. So you can only, by I'm mm-hmm. not hearing the semitones between each of those steps right so I would think that they're being played individually okay
0: yeah to to me I I was thinking yeah maybe they're just like just kind of bringing it up to the different frets because you don't get that that attack like you do hear the attack as the new note sounds but it it doesn't sound to me like the attack of a pluck string but I don't know yeah yeah
1: yeah no yep you you could be right who knows it's all space man it is space. Just starting some big feedback there. Yeah. But yeah, so that was mostly more of the same, that same melody. Now I, I played this with, uh, for Rihanna, my daughter, and she, she almost found that the melody part took her out of it. She was really into all the drone. Oh yeah. And then thought, oh, melody weird <laughs>
0: <laughs> and i'm liking i like the melody it it's it's keeping me going um there was a a section a little bit before it seemed like it played a melody and then it was going to repeat but it didn't repeat it completely and, it's, and it left me thinking oh you didn't finish it finish that and then we've got this section here where there's that section that's repeated a few times and to me that was satisfying So now
1: there's this shimmery guitar in there. Mhm. Shimmering away.
0: Mhm. And in the background there's the that drone is still happening but it's not nearly as nasal and as chainsaw-y as we had at the beginning. It's just really quiet in the background and and light and almost hypnotic to
1: me. Okay, yeah, well I wonder if that's what I meant by the, by the shimmery. Shimmering.
0: Okay, could be, yeah.
1: E- yeah, that Right. So I don't know if it's one making way for the other or if it's a changing effect, Mm. but yes, the, the main drone, what I was calling the drone, which is kind of a two note thing has really dropped away and there's now this shimmery thing, but I don't know if that was the same guitar changed. It's probably a different, a different track.
0: Sure. But I don't know that for sure. How far in are we at this point?
1: Oh, when will it end? (laughs)
0: OK, so for me, in my motion picture of what's happening, the yeah. space capsule has gone around to the dark side of the moon and there's no communication with Earth. They're all on their own and everything quiets down <laughs> and you just hear the instruments quietly in the background, like the instrument panel from the spacecraft. And then it yeah. starts coming around the other side again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I was actually getting that picture, too. I, oh, really? I like the, yeah, yeah. That's that, how it dropped down so much and they're just down. Like there's the ping, but no response or, or something like that. Yeah. I like that bit. So that's kind of this slidey, squeaky, scrapey section it's almost like scraping on parts of the guitar that aren't the normal, Mm -hmm. you got your, your, the nut and the bridge, which is the normal part of the string. And then past that, you like up on the head of the guitar or down at the bridge, you've got that extra bit of string. That's really, it it doesn't vibrate. Well, it does vibrate, but it, it's it's not not meant
0: to be played.
1: Yeah. It's just the part of the string that is tied down to the guitar, either up at the tuning heads or down at the bottom of the bridge. And those are the part of strings that are typically unused, but every once in a while they get used. And I think they're being used here.
0: You can't see my jag back there, but people who play like the Fender Jaguars, they like yeah. to play beyond the bridge a lot. That's like a, a jag kind of thing to do.
1: Yeah, because. Isn't the bridge, like it's extra long. Yeah. Do you want me to grab the, it? The listeners won't be able to hear it, but it's extra long. And it also seems to be more musical, like as if it's tuned, is it on purpose? It's mathematically hmm. music is based on physics, like the actual vibrations. Mm-hmm. There's physics and the length of the, and the tightness of the string affect the pitch of it. And there's something about the jags where it seems that it's more musical, the amount. Mm-hmm. The, the distance there's a better correlation between that hmm. bridge area mm-hmm. and the mainstream okay there's almost some new things happening in that final 30 40 seconds there. yeah uh,
0: does it sound like spring reverb to you
1: Yeah, I did hear some spring reverb, but there was something almost uh, new uh, melodically as well. Okay, yeah. In the background, there's kind of like that Spaghetti Western Mm. kind of descending guitar, but it's quite quiet under the noise, under the louder things.
0: Yeah, interesting that you call it Spaghetti Western because often that type of sound is very similar to surf music the Jags are often used for those kind of things. Now, do we know if Jim or Martin were using Jaguars or other like strange offset guitars back in the day? Like when I think of, of seeing them playing, I, I can't recall seeing them play those type of instruments.
1: Yeah. Although surely they've got something oh, yeah. in, the stu- in the studio, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's a good point. But it seems very likely a Jag is involved in this song.
0: Guess, guess what we're doing while we're under quarantine lockdown. We're listening to kingdom of flaunt and trying to understand what all the sounds are being made by.
1: (laughs) Now, is this the one that some people like, this is like the worst midnight oil song ever.
0: Probably. Yeah. (laughs) It's yeah. Like this is, this is not a midnight oil song. This is, (laughs) this is experimentation and playing with sounds and, and, yeah, it's released on the back of a single, but yeah, this is not Dude, going to get radio play.
1: No. So why did we talk for this, about this one for like forty minutes?
0: I don't know. I don't <laughs> I think know. That,
1: that was your fault. You thought it, this was a good idea. It was totally my fault. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think tremolo was probably heavily used at some times in that. Yeah. Tremolo was maybe the very first guitar effect, while mm-hmm. after distortion where the sound, where the volume is just rapidly up and down, up and down, or almost on and off at times. Uh, And sometimes it can be used almost like a delay echo, but it isn't. Mm -hmm. It's just the sound on or off, but it can give it an echoey effect. And before we leave this song, I just have to say my six-year-old son has been playing, uh, what is it? I think GameCube or N64, one of my older Nintendo consoles right down here, right next to me, just mm-hmm. sitting there playing like for hours sometimes. Um, and so I was trying to listen to this song this afternoon again. Yeah. And he's this guy sitting there playing his video game, six years old. What's that sound? He says, <laughs> and, then, and then he just kind of keeps playing for a while. And then he says, do you like that sound? <laughs> and then he waits a little bit more. I don't. (laughs) That was uh, a six-year-old unsolicited, yeah, unsolicited review of Kingdom of Flaunt. Do you like that sound? I don't. Okay, finally moving on to the one real song. Smash the wobble board. Hey, Robin. Yeah. What's a wobble board? Well, is it that instrument that you wobble, kind of like a
0: percussion instrument? I was trying to figure out what a wobble board was as well. And I think you're right. But um, it reminds me of I, you've seen like people, they would take like hand saws and shake them back and forth and make that sound out of them yes but i think a wobble board is is maybe a bigger piece of thin wood that makes more of a wonk 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 sound
1: yeah so 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 wobble board kind of reminds me of like a surfboard yeah And there are people on the internet calling a wobble board a balance board that you stand on for like exercise. Yeah, I
0: get that as well. Okay, this is why I think you're right, is because this wobble board thing is attributed to an Australian guy named Rolf Harris. Did you read about this fella? Oh,
1: I don't think I did
0: yeah so this apparently it's an australian musical instrument invented by rolf harris and it was featured prominently in his song tie me kangaroo down sport there's an old australian stockman lying dying he gets himself up under one elbow and he turns to his mates who are gathered around and he says oh yes yes i imagine that that could be the type of wobble board that jim was talking about in this song okay so rolf harris
1: an australian entertainer who had a huge fall from grace so to speak yeah yeah and so could smash the wobble board
0: I don't imagine that it has to actually do with his particular fall from grace, because I think that only came to light like within the last five or eight years, like obviously some people knew about it, but he wasn't convicted just in case people want to know. Um, he was convicted of, of sexual assault from acts that he committed back in the, in the seventies. Um, yeah, from but, the, but that only came out, like, I think in, in 2014 or something like that. Or at least it. the trial was in 2014. But beyond Rolf Harris's involvement in creating the Wobble Board, I'm just thinking about the whole song Tie Me Kangaroo Down Sport and stuff like that. What do Australians think? Like, you might know a little bit more having lived there for a few years. What do Australians think of songs like that? Like, do they embrace them or do they kind of cringe a bit now these days with like these it's kind of like the crocodile dundee thing right it's almost become like these kind of things almost become a caricature of of australia or something
1: surely some people were into it and it was Mm -hmm. you know like it was popular but yes i'm sure a large part of australian society or a, a large number of australians would just get sick of all that yeah yeah whenever australia became popular in these hokey ways, you know? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So smash the wobble board. You're listening to this friends on, on your copy of Chico, a Jim Magini song, 1996 as well. B side of underwater as well. Featuring lead vocals by Jim Magini.
1: Yeah. That's what's neat about it.
0: Now, did you realize this back Back in the day when you probably first heard this in the, in the late nineties, mid, late nineties, did you clue in that this was Jim singing? I don't think I did.
1: Yeah. It, and it's funny, even though Jim and Pete obviously have very different voices, mm-hmm. there are times where bands I love and listen to a lot, include like Midnight Oil, but other bands mm-hmm. too, where somebody else in the band will take the lead vocal every once in a while. Well, mm-hmm. even like, uh, Rob taking lead vocals on sure. red sales.
0: Yeah. And
1: I don't entirely clue in and I don't know yeah. if I'm just kind of vocally dumb or or
0: are we just so used to Pete singing? We hear a song, we mentally picture Pete singing the song. And so we just take the voice and we just match it to Pete anyway. Our <laughs> yeah. brain does something. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, today it was very obvious. I'm like, oh, this is Jim singing or not just today. I mean, this week yeah. when I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, this is Jim. Yeah. This was also recorded by Malcolm Byrne mm-hmm. at the Darlene Harbor studios. Um, so but to me, it sounds like the whole band is playing. Mr. Harbrin,
0: please cite your sources.
1: Oh, according to the Chico Locallo again. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay, I, good. Just <laughs> I, I know what we think of the tank credits, but there must be a snippet oh, yeah. of truth
0: in there. I, I I I don't actually doubt that as well. You know, this these are all breathe air recordings. Why not? Yeah. You've got the whole band together for this. Why not?
1: Yeah, so it's interesting that unlike a lot of other breathe stuff i'm pretty sure that this really is bones on bass Mm -hmm. and probably rob on drums to me yeah
0: like before we were even we were even talking this evening about rob not drumming on on our last week's song I was yeah. thinking, oh yeah, this, this is Rob drumming for sure. This sounds like Rob drumming to me.
1: Yeah. And, uh, that totally sounds like bones fill, like bone style bass fills in the mm-hmm. song.
0: Yeah. So let's go through the song musically if you'd like.
1: Yeah. So th- this one's in E, uh, which is B adjacent. Yeah. When you got to talk about what key everything's on breathe, it all comes back to B. Now the intro It doesn't really sound like this, but Rihanna and I were talking about how uh, the Beatles Come Together starts off with this kind of, well, obviously the the very famous bass line, the sliding bass and so on. Now, this doesn't have that iconic kind of bass line to it, but it still has a bit of that kind of tension or whatever. Can we call the beginning of Come Together... Having a lot of tension to it, or or something it, it, what do you want to call that? Like, uh, before a release, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but both songs have a certain there's a similar bass tone and something about the percussion, and so on. Mm -hmm. They have a little bit of a similar feel to them.
0: Yeah, yeah, this, this song definitely has that. Has, has something going on in that first verse where you've got the bass and, and the two guitars and, of course, Jim's vocals. Um, and it's just kind of leading you up to it. It's building yeah. that anticipation f- for the point in the chorus where the drums join in and, like, complete everything. <laughs> Rob, you complete me.
1: <laughs> yeah. So... So, yeah, it sounds to me like you you are also that same kind of tension or Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah. The
0: anticipation. The
1: anticipation. So, yeah, some some nice little bass bits in there. Yep. Now, you want to talk about the drums at about 120, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do. So, the lack of drums at the beginning, the anticipation that we're feeling, waiting for Rob to show up <laughs> yeah. and he does and he's playing and then the drums drop out again at the beginning of verse two so like this is tension release this drums are in drums are out thing that they're doing with this song but then they come back in with these real big deep I don't want to call them George of the Jungle drums <laughs> yeah. because they're not awful in that way but yeah these big deep toms for the second verse there Smash the wall.
1: Yeah, yeah, those toms are really neat. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and they're big, and it even sounds like—is there like kick and toms going on or something? There's yeah,
0: it's it's possible. They sound the the toms sound like they're really loosely tuned to me. Mm, Yeah, yeah,
1: lots of rumbling or lots of under whatever current going on. Yeah, yeah, and so that's also like come together where the drums drop out. Yeah. For the verses, eh?
0: Yeah, and in most songs you've got the drums keeping a beat for like that's what people use the drums, but Ringo in come yeah. together is is part of the the rhythmic melody of the song, right? Yeah. Cuz with that do, 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 boom boom boom, do, 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 boom like that's part of the song almost melodically even though he's playing yeah. A non-melodious uh, instrument.
1: Yeah. Or that, that's right. Or at least that rhythm is part of the hook. The isn't hook. it? Yeah. Yeah. That the rhythm. Yeah. It's neat when Ringo does that often when the drums can contribute, not, not just keeping the time, but yeah, mm-hmm. they can contribute yeah, to the hook.
0: That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Rob actually does get a nice little fill in there in the, in the second time through the chorus at about two minutes. Yeah. And then you get the bass almost soaring at this point. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple times where
1: there's these huge buildups where everybody Mm -hmm. in the band is just giving her and the bass is, you know, like it's right up. (laughs) Yes. He slides up the octave and he's up in there doing, doing those little two note things we've talked about in the past before, where you're just going, either you're going from the root note down a second or the root note up a second Mm -hmm. and playing probably 16th notes kind of thing. Yeah. Anyway, just big build up.
0: We've got the verse chorus, verse chorus, and then this Bass soaring doing its thing into this introduction to the this doo doos, yeah, section of the song. So it's it's not the doo doos of Dead Heart coming back, but but we've got this doo doos section it, of the it, song here, yeah. And Jim
1: is totally into the doo doos, like, oh, if, yeah, if we ever listen to a last folkloric in full, mm-hmm. well, I mean, we we're talking about a last folkloric just
0: last month,
1: yeah, Jim. Jim totally throws the doo-doos in like almost any chance he gets.
0: Yeah. And the (laughs) guitar is following along with the doo-doos. Yeah. There's like a melodic guitar part that's following along, but not quite. Like it it seems to follow for most of it. And then it deviates a little bit in a way that just kind of, well, it's pushing against the melody in an interesting way.
1: towards the end of the song there's mm-hmm. a bunch of muted guitar mm. where we're not really playing chords but we're hitting the strings of the
0: guitar is this like in the in the jam section towards the last minute this is about 4:20 yeah so kind of getting into the jam section yeah
1: Now, does that muted guitar, chung, 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 what mm-hmm. does that remind you of? What were you thinking of? I was thinking of Star of Hope. Oh, That's totally God. Star of Hope. Yeah, so so basically, yeah, these, again, it's kind of like, well, the same idea is showing up. In multiple mm-hmm. songs. But yeah, Star of Hope has a lot in common with this, that that ending jam.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can you hear how tight the snare is in this section as compared to like the real big, deep, loose toms that we had earlier? It's almost like the snare is isn't even being engaged on the snare drum for this jam section. Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: I guess I wasn't paying attention.
0: And, and while we're talking about drums, it seems to me that the toms, I think probably earlier there was, it was like either the floor, maybe Rob had a couple floor toms that, that he was playing the, the, those big deep toms on that second verse. Now I think he's playing up on maybe some rack toms and it seems to me that they are tuned at least, I don't know if they're tuned way tighter, but definitely tighter than, than the toms like relatively to the toms that are playing, there's much more of a ring uh to those and not so much of a sloshy, slappy, flappy kind of sound to them. Oh, sloshy. That's one of your favorite bands. I love sloshy. Favorite internet bands. Yeah. 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 So it's interesting that, uh that you point out Star of Hope and, and the, and the similarities to Star of Hope. Cause I was singing Man Alive of of course this this should be on the b-side underwater this sounds like it belongs on breathe for sure yeah
1: yeah lyrically i actually found the lyrics online mm-hmm. so smash the wobble board shoot the crocodile we're living yeah. we're living a compromise we're living in the dark painting pictures of english green talk in lingo now let's drink to the golden age talk in circles now Yeah. This is totally a rejection of something to me, but I'm not, well, yeah, no, you actually go ahead now.
0: Okay. Well, I wanted to start with the chorus. I want to say to you, I'm true as I'm ever going to be. I'm just going to the chorus because, you know, that's the section that's repeated. So maybe there's, there's something to anchor onto in the chorus to this, this part that gets repeated. Yeah. Um, so The question is when Jim says, I want to say to you, I'm true as I'm ever going to be, is, is he saying that he is being true as in being like faithful to this person that he's speaking to, or maybe he's saying that, that he's speaking the truth Yeah. or maybe kind of going along with perhaps what you're picking up on. Maybe Jim is saying that, well, you know what? like it or not. This is about as true as I'm going to be take it or leaving kind of implying that maybe it's, maybe he's not all that true after all this mm. is, this is as true as I'm ever going to be. Yeah. Because when I was looking at the first verse, like I kind of kind of set myself onto that. And then I was looking at the rest of the lyrics, looking at the first verse phrases and words such as living a compromise in the dark, talking in circles, um, deep, dark secrets, you know, that speaks to me of deception and untruthfulness. Yeah. I think you were picking up those kind of things, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: The second verse is not as it's, it's harder for me to hang on to the whole truth, deception pairing there. We've got people losing agriculture, people losing their ways and their power, people walking the earth for years. This is making me think of dispossessed, colonized uh folks right you think maybe that's what's going on here
1: yeah and there seems to be like in that first verse painting pictures of english
0: green is that like an english countryside yeah yeah like trying to transform australia into england
1: yeah or just kind of like if this is kind of a rejection in in a way like truganini Mm -hmm. of uh, Let It Burn, could the wobble board be, if it is about Rolf Harris, if he represents... I guess I'm wondering if... Yeah, so the Rolf Harris show was on BBC. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't Australia. So he was Australian, but was he representing Australia?
0: Or was he just capitalizing on the fact that he was... Yeah.
1: Yeah, so... I wonder if there's kind of a rejection in this song hmm. of of some of what Raw well, even before the accusations and and so on.
0: Sure, but kind of the selling out your Australianness yeah. to make it big abroad. Yeah.
1: yeah, or that representation that that stereotype of Australian culture. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that that's what it kind of feels like here, and that smashing the wobble board is wanting to sure to reject that stereotype. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That, that was kind that's, of my that's...
1: my take on it.
0: Yeah, good, good.
1: Um, and it's interesting now when Pete, since Pete didn't sing on the song, mm-hmm. do you think Pete was just out of the studio that day? Do you think there was something in the lyrics where? He did not want to sing
0: this. Right, because he's, he's singing Jim lyrics all the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, could this perhaps be like a first pass at something, and it just never really got pursued any further to get Pete's vocals laid down, but they thought, eh, let's throw it on the B-side anyway. Yeah, it it could be it's hard not to think I'm hearing Pete in there too. Cause like you've got the chorus of men singing in the background, you know, Pete might be in that chorus of men too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's, that's a very interesting song.
0: Yeah, it sure is. I like that. So Robin, we had this little idea that maybe seeing as so many of us are at home uh, these days, that maybe we would try to get out a different sort of episode of Comfortable Place on the Couch um, before we record our May episode. Yeah. We were thinking maybe just to interact with with our friends um, on the pod and maybe just to provide another little bit of a diversion, we could could do kind of a question and answer kind of thing. If you had questions that you wanted to ask us, like Jake was asking us earlier, um, if you're just curious about, want to just ask us a question about ourselves, or maybe you've just got something that you'd just like to, to share with us and, and have on maybe a, just a special, a special podcast with Robin and Darren. (laughs) (laughs) Can we invite listeners to, to send stuff in and maybe we can try to do a off topic or a random episode in the next few weeks? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Let's do that. So I'll start a thread on the powder workers group where people okay. on Facebook. So, uh, how about we have two ways of people reaching us. If you're on Facebook, go on the powder workers group. I assume you haven't been kicked off and, um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh. and, uh, yeah, and I'll start a thread there. So just leave a comment. And if not, you can email Darren
0: at <laughs> actually, if not just go to Darrenfolds.com And, um, there is, in addition to a link to all the podcasts that Robin and I do there, there is a contact form up at the, at the top of the page that you can, uh, get in touch with, with us there.
1: Good. Okay. So those are your two ways, Facebook or contact form on Darrenfolds.com.
0: And yeah, Robin and I will just we'll just sit down for an informal free-flowing thing in the next week or two.
1: Yeah, that sounds good to me. We're assuming anybody wants to ask us anything, and if if nobody does, then Darren and I will
0: ask each other questions. We'll ask
1: each other dumb questions. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, and with that, it's time to put the lid back on the tank and say goodnight until next time when we will be listening to some redneck wonderland era tunes. Oh. On comfortable place on the couch, a midnight oil podcast. Do you want do you want to know what we're listening to next time? Yeah, yeah, tell us. We will be listening to we're going to try to do four songs. Four. next time. Frontier, what frontier? Pub With No Beer, Heaven and Earth, and devilfish Shuffle. Wow. <laughs> Do you have suggestion, comments, hate mail? Just want to be mentioned on the podcast? Yes, you can send us an email from uh, the website that we mentioned.
1: Contact form on darrenfolds.com.
0: Um, you can find Robin and us on the Twitters. I'm at Darren Folds, and Robin is...
1: Oh, what, I change it every time, don't I? Yep. Uh, use one of my Twitter handles,
0: like... Search for Robin Harbrin.
1: Try 8-Bit Show and Tell or Bedford LVL EXP.
0: You don't have, like, Robin Harbrin on Twitter?
1: No, I kind of lost because I got too many different
0: Twitters and... Yeah. Anyway, it's nice to see you, Robin. <laughs> it's nice to see you too, Darren. It's different not having you in the basement. Yeah, it's kind
1: of sad, but this is working okay.
0: That's right. Do what we got to do. Yeah. All right. So for Robin Harbin, I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night. Oh, I'm sorry. Surfs up tonight. Ah, tonight I'm gonna rock you. Tonight, tonight I'm gonna rock you.
1: Tonight I'm gonna rock you. Tonight, tonight I'm gonna rock, rock you tonight. tonight. Tonight.